and I'm just, um, I'm going to start with some prayer. Jesus, thanks for embracing us this morning, for being here waiting for us, for revealing yourself through each of us. In this season where we anticipate your birth into this world and how that connects us so vitally with you as a human, we ask that you would help us to stay attuned to your presence with us in spite of all that swirls around us. Reveal yourself to us this morning through the voices that share, through the songs that we sing, and through the connections we have. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Spirit. We love you, Father. Amen. We want to acknowledge that we are guests on the land that we live on. And though we may pay rent or a mortgage or hold deeds to some of uh, some square feet, we are beholden to those who knew this as their land before we came. So with that understanding, we gratefully acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Semiamu, Stolo, and Kwatlin peoples. And to you who have gathered here today, welcome. If you're visiting or checking us out or you're here for some special reason, please make yourself at home. If you have questions, ask them. If you are here and a bit worried about getting triggered, I just want to say that there will probably be something about this morning that somehow upsets you a bit. We get that. And we try our best to sand off the old edges, but in case you still get a bit rattled by something said or implied, please just come and talk to me afterwards. We aren't afraid of pain or hard places here. So next, Brittany is going to be coming up to share our Advent reading, and we're excited to have you share that with us. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> I'm Brittany. Um, so today's Advent reading on love. We are waiting, longing for you, God whose name is love. You call us to love others, but love us first. So beautifully, so resoundingly, without reciprocation or judgment, in your words and deeds, your subversive acts that raised up the lowly. Jesus, you showed us that you are the real thing, the love that doesn't fake it, make money on it, and then crap out on the desperate and lonely just when they need love the most. Jesus, that's us this Advent. Blessed are we who admit it. We are waiting and longing and calling to you with joy on tiptoes for love to be born again. We light a candle of compassion, surrounded by shadows of fear, hatred, and contempt. Jesus' mother, Mary, sings of a revolutionary love, God's love, a love that has turned and is turning and will yet turn the world upside down. How has love turned your life upside down? 
and how might it do so again this Advent season? Let's pray. God of love, give us the strength and compassion we need to love ourselves, the sweetness and imagination we need to love the world, and the chutzpah we need to sing boldly, even and especially in the dark. Let us play our part in your revolution of love. Let us sing with Mary of how you delight in lifting up the lowly, scattering the proud, and filling the hungry with good things. Come, Jesus, come. Amen. Um, I didn't introduce myself earlier, and that's one of the things we're trying to do more often, um, like every Sunday. But um, so my name is Eden. I'm a part of this community and one of the pastors. Um, and this morning, we have the privilege of having Roxanne speak to us. So I'm going to do a little intro, and then I'm going to call her up and um, pray for her. Um, so Roxanne, for those of you who um, you know come with some regularity. Um, she is the reason we have coffee on Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know you would clap harder if it wasn't here and you knew it was coming back. But anyways, it's, um, she was the one who said, you know, you could really use coffee on a Sunday morning, and I'm willing to do it. And, um, and so her, along with her husband, Kevin, and now... Um, Kathy and Myrna have been um, helping us get that all set up on Sunday mornings, and it is really nice to come into that. Um, you know, sometimes you get a do-over, right? Maybe not as often as we need to have a do-over, but um, I feel like with Roxanne, we got a do-over. So um, I knew Roxanne 20 years ago plus um, when we had just planted a church called Fresh Wind, and um, uh, she was one of the, uh, of the first people to come and join us on Sunday mornings. And um, we, we lost track of each other over time. Um, and lots of things were happening in between. And now just within the last year, maybe like six months or so, um, I get an email from Roxanne saying, I don't know if you remember me, but um, I'd be interested in having a little bit of time with you. And um, we've been meeting with regularity, and um, I'm really glad for the do-over. It's, um, it's been lovely to have you being part of our community. Um, she's highly gifted, very um, energetic, even though she has limited energy capacity. Um, and um, if you've met her because she's pouring your coffee or whatever, you know that she's got some uh, real lovely energy about her. So come on up, Roxanne, and I'll pray for you. She's going to be sharing with us this morning. And um, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure she's not going to share the whole binder. <laughs> um, I am. <laughs> Just deal with it. Don't unplug the coffee. Uh, we might need some more. Um, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for Roxanne. Thank you for what she's brought into this community. And 
and for the way that she's been received by all of these lovely folks. I ask that you would um, give her all that she needs this morning to share with us what we need to hear. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that are open to what you want to say through Roxanne this morning. Amen. That's, this is my, uh, I, I stalked her to uh, ask her to be a mentor. I think that in, in my life, some of the most amazing things have happened when I had a mentor, when I had someone that I respected and was inspired by. And so Eden inspires me. I like her, and I love to spend time with her, and so I'm very grateful, like, all the time, and I'm sure my family is very grateful all the time. My husband is shaking his head uh, violently. No, anyway, um, so, first of all, yes, it was May, it was May 11th around 8 a.m. when I had been looking online for a church for two hours. And my, my stalking uh, behavior led me to find the name Eden. Jerzak. Eden is a pastor? What? It was... It, because my experience with with Brian and Brad and and at Freshwind was um, like I I think there was just several times when we were face to face talking with each other, but it was I was I was as close and tight in as I could be with Brian and Brad and just like thick as thieves because. Because Brian was a longtime mentor of mine. And uh, Brian West is the person I'm referring to. And uh, I carry him in my heart wherever I go. He is one of those people that have poured generously into my life. And uh, I feel like there's an abundance of those people. And some of them are in the room today. In fact, I feel like a lot of them are in the room today. Um, and so I, I want to thank my uncle who's here, and I want to help thank my really good friend Ted, who's here, and my husband, of course. Um, my husband is—he's—he's he's my person. He's my guy, and uh, I can't believe God's grace and love for me shown through my husband and i'm very grateful that he's here and if he heckles me i want to let you know that that's okay i can protect myself <laughs> so don't you worry if he says anything uh, i'm all right so i'm just going to grab something from my binder um, not the whole binder but just i'm chronically over prepared that's a little bit of an understatement. So when I show up somewhere, I'm probably going to show up with a suitcase. 
I'm probably gonna have everything that you need, anything. Like, if you have a hangnail, I am the chick. Anyway, I'm just gonna grab something here. Okay, hold on. Sing to yourselves. Thank you, it's pink. That's important. That's my, that was my husband. Are we done? All right. So, there's so many things in my heart, so many thank yous to say, thank yous to Krisha and Morgan and Brittany who made my first day here in person livable. They helped me arrive in my skin and intact to the bridge. And I felt like a fish out of water. And you made me feel at home. Nathan, who one morning I came late and you got me a chair so that I could sit down without asking me, do you want a chair? This gentleman over here did that as well. It made me feel at home. The reason that I'm here is because I was looking for a family. I was looking for a church home, but I wanted to find a place to be where I could be me. And I've always felt like I just wasn't quite right in my communities. And um, it wasn't till six years tomorrow that I landed in my community. And they helped me discover God again. I think my parents would call it active rebellion. Well, we all would, actually. I, uh, I just did not want the God that they had to be the God that I had. I didn't want the faith that they had because it didn't fit. Not that I didn't respect it, because I do. If you knew Bill and Audrey Colley as I know Bill and Audrey Colley, you would know that they have walked in faith and love and hope and in the richness of God and the Spirit all my life and long before. But their experience in the world their experience of life was much different than mine. And I could not reconcile some things to myself, which being an all or nothing person led me to a place of saying, well, then it's nothing. If I can't be all in, then I can't be nothing at all. And I started to be in recovery of Christians recovery from God. So I feel a little bit as I, as I start to bring focus to the book of Romans 
any minute now. We're coming in for a landing. We're circling. We're going to come. Just hold on. But um, well, now I got so excited, I forgot what I was saying. Um, I wasn't fitting, all or nothing. When I started to realize that I don't have anything left. There's nothing left of me to bring. I was at a place where being without God, being without hope, was no longer tolerable. And it brought me uh, the point of life where I was at, brought me to a place of submission. And I had to say, I don't have this. The faith that I want to have because it would have been a lot easier in the Collie household if I could just do and be who I should do and be. It would have been a lot easier, uh, uh, way easier. But being a fish swimming the other way wasn't so easy. And I, but I knew that somewhere, even when I was in active anti God, anti-faith, I still believed in the God of creation. I still looked at flowers and saw God, the glory of God, the beauty of God, and I could not deny it. And in a spot of, of my lowest low, I said, this God that I believe yet don't believe. I want but don't want. I have nothing left. And I am done. If you are God, then I am yours. And I had to fall on a place of complete and utter powerlessness. No more charisma, no more enthusiasm, no more I'm going to smile and fake it till it feels right or until they believe me. It was in that utter emptiness that I waited in desperation. It felt like forever. It was probably about... 48 hours, but it felt like forever. And I ended up in a community who told me what I needed to do. And step by step, I started to recognize that God was here. That he was always here. That I had never been alone. 
that even in my utter rebellion, he loved and adored me, enjoyed me. I'm sure the God of humor that I know thought it ironic, the things I would do. Shook his head thinking, maybe one day she'll get it. I hope it's soon. <laughs> I didn't want to be a churchgoer anymore, and I didn't want to be a religious woman. Now I'm both. But most of all, I know God. I know he inhabits every cell of my being. And the more I recognize and open my eyes to his glory, the more he shows me. I don't know how that works. But it sure does. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for what we see not, then we will, then do we with patience wait for it. I really like the message version it's easier for my brain. <laughs> Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I think it was hurting my brain because it wasn't the right verses. <laughs> anyway, okay, uh, I digress. <laughs> ADD, hello. <laughs> um, so that question at the front of the service that said, um, you know, what is the worst thing that ended up being the best thing? I can think of a lot of worse things in my life that have become the best things. When our daughter died, we're still working on that one.
because it just hurts too much. But I know that my addiction to alcohol, it actually was the beginning of me. Understanding and knowing that and coming into a community of support brought me smack dab in the center of God's love. So I don't think it really matters how we get here. There's a lot of us recovering pastors in here. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to be broken together. And it's a good thing to not understand together. I'm mad at the church for throwing me out when I misbehaved. It was the time I needed it the most. So I, I am absolutely committed to a church that doesn't do that. And that's why I come to the bridge. And that's why I love my family. Eden and I were talking this week and when we were when we were sitting together and we were just kind of thinking about how God's love how God's love had kind of tenderized my heart and started moving in my life and it seemed as though there was a moment when the sound came on and it had always been muted in the background, but it came on and I, I recognized today that God is the giver of faith, not my will, not my brain, that God authors that faith. He grants it to me. I have lots of friends who are highly religious who have sought the world over to find the spirit of love, the God of grace, the God of all truth and power, and they have done everything, everything. And they could not find the fullness and richness of God. They might have flirted with it, but they never got close enough to see its transforming power. But my friend Ted helped me learn that there are some things about this spiritual life that are his part and some that are my part. And I'm really grateful today and I testify to the fact that the Lord has given me faith. He's also given me hope. I no longer wish for death. I no longer rest in the pits of depression and want to kill myself. It doesn't come. 
because I can't deny the gift anymore. It just is there, and it's okay when it's when I'm angry, and it's okay when I don't like it, and it's okay, but it's it's abiding, and God's love keeps conquering those parts of me and offers me hope. So I used to think that the gifts of the Spirit were love and joy and peace, and I didn't understand that. I thought that that was my behavior, love, joy, and peace. I thought that that was what was happening, was I was acting loving. I was giving out peace, and I was... No, the gifts of God to me are those things, even in the despair of my heart, in the despair of my soul. Really good things, really, really good things happen to some very bad people. I don't know if you've noticed that, but there are people who seem to be born with horseshoes shoved right up their nether regions, and they, everything seems to, to fly in on pink unicorns and, and lovely, little, uh, lovely little carts come rolling by with, oh, here's your beverage, sir. And they just like come by for them all the time. And they're so lucky. Good things happen to bad people. And some really awful bad things happen to really good people. Really good people suffer the worst of human experience. It's not a respecter of, did I do good enough? Am I enough? Did I do all the things right? Did I show up to God like a puppy? <laughs> Did I do it? <laughs> oh, you guys don't have dogs, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, my maiden name is Collie, so uh, sucks to be you guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I, I used to think I had to show up and show God how good I was. That goodness is not in my power. That's the irony of it all. The power is God's. The, the, the chutzpah, that was hilarious. When you, I think you prayed chutzpah. I haven't heard that in a prayer before. I may, I may use that sometime, but it's like the, the audacity it's amazing. Like, it's not ours to do. That's, that's when God shows up. We wonder why huge evangelists who fall in front of the world, who, whose lives are in shambles, does that negate all the things that God did and said through them? No, it does not. If God can use a donkey to talk to somebody, like I think that's a thing, right? I know that God has used some donkeys in my life to tell me some really true things. 
There have been some really bad people who have taught me some really good things. It doesn't mean that a person has to be perfect to know the truth. I love you, Bridge. I'm so glad you're here. Like, I don't know where I'd be today. I needed a church. I needed a family. I needed to know that I could testify to the grace of God somewhere. And my brothers and sisters would pick it up and say, isn't that great, Roxanne? Isn't it great that God can do that? And so we bear each other's burdens. You fed me. You fed me and my husband. Thank you for feeding us. You've loved people. You've brought people back from hell's doors. And I'm so glad you did. I got to stop. So I want to ask Casey, I, uh, when, I be, when, I became, when I became a Christian, that's a thing. When I prayed the sinner's prayer, and, and I'm not like, I am kind of making fun of it, but not, but in a good way, like, I was about four or five, and it was, uh, it was an evangelistic meeting in Lloydminster, Saskatchewan, Alberta, whichever you want to say, but it was Saskatchewan, actually. But anyway, we were in a service, and the guy was talking. How I understood what he was saying is really a miracle of God's spirit, but I was led. I knew that whatever that guy was talking about, I wanted. And so I went forward, and this really nice man came and stood beside me. And he said, Roxanne, would you like to ask Jesus into your heart? And with the biggest, ugliest cry I probably had, I said, yes. So that lovely man, who was actually my father, took me and we sat on the stairs at the church and I said yes to whatever that guy was talking about. So I heard this song this week and it really ministered to me. And if I was a really prepared person, I'd have the words up on the thing so that you could see the words. So I'll tell you right now, look at the lyrics on your own. Graves into gardens. Graves into gardens. Look it up later if you feel so led. And uh, so we're going to do that now. This is my testimony. Sure, you didn't read anything out? Oh, like tons. I told her. 
you don't have to tell us everything today because we will definitely give you another opportunity to tell more about your story. And that's what I, that's what I tell everyone who gets to share because um, the temptation is always there. I had this conversation with her this week. Like you, you just want to say everything, but you did such a beautiful job of just bringing it all together. And um, I'm proud of you.